There are lots of areas of our lives that are based on merit. So in other words, the better you are at whatever it is you are doing, uh, the more you will be rewarded for it. So we see this clearly, very clearly in, in sports, for instance. Uh, better players get more playing time, better teams win more, they win the trophies, all that sort of thing. But we see it in other areas of life too, don't we? At your job, the person who's gonna work harder, the person who's better at their job gets the promotion. In school, the people who are smarter get the best grades, those sorts of things. We see this all over the place in our lives. And I think it's actually you know, a pretty good thing, a pretty good uh, system that governs our relationships with one another. Um, and it's good, we understand that there's something very right, there's something very just about that. We earn the things that we get, and that's a good thing. But brothers and sisters, one place where we can't apply this type of logic is to our relationship with Jesus Christ. In other words, we don't do anything to earn our love from Jesus Christ. If you ever get to the place in your spiritual life where you feel like you have to earn Jesus' love, or God the Father's love, or the Holy Spirit's love, something's wrong. Something's out of whack there. And so think of it this way. Parents, do your kids have to do anything to earn your love? No, of course not. That would be absurd. You love them because of who they are, the relationship that they have to you. They don't have to do anything to earn that. You can't help but love them. That's our relationship with God. Now, let me be clear. Parents, you understand this, right? When your kids do good things, you're pleased with them. When your kids do bad things, you're disappointed. It's the same with our relationship with God, right? When we do virtuous things, God is pleased with us. When we do sinful things, he's disappointed. Yet, that doesn't affect the love that Jesus has for us. There's nothing that we could ever do that would change the amount of love that God has for us. Just like you parents will love your kids no matter what. And so today we celebrate the baptism of Jesus Christ in the Jordan River. And we might think about this and say, well, gosh, isn't Jesus God? Why did he need to be baptized? Well, he didn't need it for his own sanctification. He didn't need baptism like we need baptism to cleanse us of our original sin and fill us with the sanctifying grace of Jesus Christ. But rather... He was baptized so that he could show us the way, so that he would show us what we need to do, and furthermore, so that he would sanctify the waters of baptism. I've been to the Jordan River. It's a gross river, all right? <laughs> it's muddy. It's nasty. Uh, you wouldn't even want to, like, dip your foot in it rather than, uh, or no less than getting uh, baptized in it, being dunked in that water to be baptized. And yet, Jesus is not afraid of the dirtiness of that water. Jesus goes in to the messiness of our lives to sanctify that so that he could save us through that. Jesus is not afraid uh, of our grossness, for lack of better words. Jesus is not afraid to come in and sanctify the areas of our lives that are the worst. We've all got those places in our lives where we're sinful, where we're broken, where we might be ashamed of what we've done. And yet, that's precisely the place where Jesus wants to do the most work. He wants to come into the ugly, dirty parts of your life. He wants to open that up. He wants to come in and heal whatever that is. But brothers and sisters, we have to be willing to open that up to him. 
He's not going just to walk into our lives like he walked into the Jordan River. He needs us to be open to that. He needs us to be receptive to that and say, okay, Lord, I invite you into my heart. I want you to come into these dirty places in my life, these gross places, these sinful places. I want you to come in here and heal these things. And so here's my challenge for you, brothers and sisters. Sometime during this week, find a solid block of 20 minutes where you can sit with Jesus. I know that's a long time. I know we're busy. I know this might be difficult for some of you, but carve out the time. If it means waking up 20 minutes earlier, do that. If it means going to bed 20 minutes later, do that. If it means missing out on a TV show or something, whatever it takes, find 20 minutes where you can be alone with Jesus. No phone, no internet, no radio, no TV, nothing like that. Just spend that deep, quiet time with Jesus Christ. And here's what you do in that time. You open up to him. Open your heart to him. Give him that place where you're broken. Give him that place where you're hurt, where you're angry, where you have a grudge, where you're sinful, where you're tempted, where you're anxious or afraid. Give him that one area of your life that you most don't want to talk to him about and open it up to him. Because again, that's where he wants to do the most work. And it's only, brothers and sisters, when we radically reveal ourselves to Jesus Christ in our prayer, when we radically invite him into every part of our life, past, present, and future, it's only then that he's going to come in and fix whatever that is. Jesus Christ is not afraid of your brokenness. There's nothing that you could ever do that would make Jesus stop loving you. And if you need evidence of that, look no further than the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus, who is God himself, comes down, becomes part of his creation, and gives everything for us. He lays it all down for us. He gives himself for our sanctification. And we don't just think of it as him dying for sins. No, he died for my sins. He died for your sins. Because he loves me personally. He loves you personally. He loves every one of us. And there's nothing we can do to change that. We simply have to be open to him and be uh, receptive to the ways that he wants to come into our lives and fix us. Because all of us, brothers and sisters, every one of us is broken in some way. And we need that healing. And so, as we go forward and we spend this prayer time with Jesus, again, find that 20 minutes where you can really do this, where you can really open that up to Him. As we receive Him in the Eucharist, especially as we go to confession, that's a great place to give over all of your uh, messiness to Him. Be open to Him in these things and receive the love and the help that He has for you. And once you invite Him in, he will do that. He'll come in and heal you. He'll make sense out of your weakness and he'll fill you with his strength and grace. Do not be afraid to give Jesus everything because he has already given everything for you. Open your life to him. Open everything to him so that he can come in and heal it. He's not afraid of your weakness. He's not afraid of your brokenness or your sinfulness. He loves you and you could never change that. He will come into your life and heal you and sanctify your weakness. 
just as he sanctified the waters of the Jordan River.